Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Hodges Huddle podcast powered by KLSU and the Reveille. I'm Sean Larkin and on this episode I am joined by former LSU diving standout and current New Zealand Olympic national team member Lizzie Q. Lizzie, thanks for joining me. How are you? I am good. How are you? Doing all right. Are you staying safe? Yes, I mean, there's not much to do, so I'm just staying inside, trying to occupy my mind. Yeah, that's been pretty hard for everybody, really. So before we talk a little bit about the 2020 games in Tokyo, which will now be postponed until 2021 due to the coronavirus, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about your experience in Rio back in 2016. You were the first diver to compete for New Zealand in, what, like 24 years since 92? Uh, And the second diver in LSU history to compete. Yes. What was that like competing in 2016, being the first for your country in 24 years? So I get asked this question quite a lot and I still don't really feel like I have an answer for it because it's hard to wrap my head around even now, you know, being in 2020 to think about how I actually did go to the Olympics and I did compete because, you know, as an athlete, it's the pinnacle of all events. It's the one that you train so hard for. It's the one you train your whole life for. So when it kind of happened, I was, I mean, of course I was absolutely so excited and very surprised. I didn't think that I was going to qualify. And yeah, I was just really surprised that it was me to break that drought. Were you the only diver for New Zealand that made it? Yeah, so, so you I was just- the only one. So it was very, uh, it was kind of nerve wracking to go to a big event like that and be the only one. Like I would say it's probably one of the biggest growths that I have had just in terms of really being outside of my comfort zone. You know, you talk about intimidation and being intimidated by people. Well, when you're at the Olympics, you're surrounded by the most elite athletes in the world. And I guess not having like another diver to share that with was kind of difficult at times, but it was always very exciting and you know I wouldn't have changed it for the world. How old were you whenever you went the first time? I was 18 and I competed on my 19th birthday. Well that's pretty cool. So now let's talk a little bit about the Tokyo 2020 Olympics which are now going to be in 2021 due to the coronavirus pandemic. You qualified for Tokyo in December. Ah, yes. Yeah. What was your mindset going into that? And what was that process like that you qualified again for the second time? So the 2020 Olympics was always my number one goal. 2016 was actually not really in my sights. You know, it was far away. It was something that I knew would be possible, but I wasn't planning on it. I was planning on having four more years and then trying to qualify for Tokyo. So 2016 was really a bonus. I wasn't expecting it to happen. So going into 2020, I felt a little bit more nervous, more pressure because people expect you to qualify again because you've done it once, one or another time. But, you know, as athletes know, and a lot of people know, that's not the case with all sports. Just because you've done it once doesn't mean you can do it again. So I worked a lot on my mental health going into it, you know, trying to relax, take that pressure off. And when it came down to it, I pulled through right at the last minute and I had to win the one at home, which is the Oceania Championship, which it's kind of a big goal to win but with all the training and all the practice and competitions that I've been through it really prepared me for that and I ended up winning and breaking the New Zealand record so I really couldn't be happier with how it turned out. Yes I would have thought that you would have maybe had an edge of how to prepare for 2020 since you'd done it in 2016 but to say you were nervous that's that's pretty remarkable to go in there and win this event. Was this the last chance? So no, this wasn't the last chance, but I think I was so nervous because it was in front of a home crowd and I haven't competed in front of my friends and family probably since I was very young. My parents hadn't seen me dive since 2016, so to see the improvement, that was amazing. Just to have my whole family there, it's it's more nerve-wracking because they know you. I think when I have thousands of random people watching me, I don't really care. 
but you know as soon as you put close people to me I get very nervous but this wasn't the last qualifying the last qualifying is World Cup and that is the test event so it's held in Tokyo and that was meant to be right about now I should have been in Tokyo and that's top 18 so that's like the last chance for everyone in the world to qualify and that has been I guess cancelled or postponed for now and we haven't heard when it's going to take place. So before it was postponed and you had already qualified, what were some of the events you had already participated in? I remember running to you in the store and you said you were supposed to be in Russia and then they told y'all not to go. So what were some of the events that you had participated in since you had qualified? So another thing is I competed in the 2019 World Championships, which is the first qualifying for the Olympics. And that's top 12. And I actually ended up placing 13th which was just missing out on the Olympic spot, which was crazy because I never thought that I was going to place that high anyway. I've never previous year I placed like 32nd. So that just improvement just showed how much being at LSU and the program that I'm in has shaped me as an athlete. And then because of those rankings at World Championships, I got invited to participate at the World Series, which is actually, for divers, is the most prestigious event that there is for diving. Even more so than the Olympics, because it's only a handful of athletes that are handpicked to participate. Whereas for the Olympics, your country is getting a spot and your country can choose who to send. The World Series is... We want that individual athlete to compete. And there's a lot of prize money involved. It's where, you know, the, the big dogs, the, the people that have competed their whole lives are. So I've never been there before. I had never competed there. I've never, nobody in New Zealand had ever been invited. So me and my teammate, Anton, we did mix synchro there. And while we were there, I got asked if I wanted to compete individually as well. So that was in Montreal, Canada. And that was the first one. The second one was meant to be in China. The third one was meant to be in Russia. And the fourth one was meant to be in the UK, London. So China was obviously cancelled because of the coronavirus at the time. So we went to Montreal and then Russia got cancelled right before Louisiana went on lockdown. And then London has actually been cancelled completely. So Russia has been postponed for now, but I don't know if they're going to go through with it having no other World Series to follow it. So, I mean, I'm glad that I went to Montreal and had the opportunity to compete in at least, at least one leg of it, but I don't know what's going to happen from here. So let's talk about the uncertainty of this whole thing. Before there was an official announcement of the postponement, I think a lot of people were kind of looking at it like this thing is in July, you know, we're in March. We've got plenty of time. But as time went on, you saw athletes saying, look, I'm not going to go participate. And the Olympics aren't anything without the athletes. Mm -hmm. So when you have Olympians dropping out saying, hey, look, we're not going to go if this thing's still on, then that puts a lot of pressure on the Olympic committee to say, hey, we're not going to send our athletes. We need to do something about this. Did you ever think about sitting out if the games would have still went on? Did you think about, hey, I don't think I need to go and put myself at risk? Um, no, I never had any thoughts of not going. If it was going to be on, I was going to go because I was meant to take a break after 2020 or, you know, stop for a while. I've been training for so long, I feel like I'm ready. So I was kind of just ready to give it my last shot and then stop. But, you know, I said that if it was still on, I, was, I wasn't I was sure if my boyfriend and my brother were going to come watch. I don't think you guys should come, like, watch and put yourself in danger because I thought that the athletes would be well accommodated for, you know, medical staff, security, all of that. So I wasn't really worried about myself. But for people who were going to come watch, I was a little more worried about. But you were 100% going if it was still on. Yeah. So before postponement, you were training at LSU. Yes. 
and you're still in school, you're graduating this semester. Yeah. What is a day in the life of you like? You know, it's very busy, but I, I'm used to that lifestyle. It's kind of just been my lifestyle forever. So, you know, I wake up early. Uh, we have a morning practice, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, we have off Thursday, Friday, and Saturday mornings, usually around 6, 6.30 we start. And then after that, I'll have some breakfast. I'll go to class. And then at 1.30, I'll have the afternoon practice which goes from around 1.30 to 4. Then I'll have some dinner or something, but I typically do extra. So on Wednesdays, I'll usually go to yoga in the morning because it's a routine to wake up that early anyway. So I feel lethargic. I don't wake up that early anymore. So I do extra yoga because I think it's really good for my mental health. And I'll do boxing if I can on Wednesday afternoons after practice. So I'll go to practice. I'll usually have a snack and then I'll go to boxing and then I'll have dinner. And that's just because I enjoy exercising and I think it's good to diversify my practice so that I'm different to my competitors. So now you can't train at LSU anymore. I've seen some videos of Olympic athletes trying to just find anywhere possible to get work in. Where are you working out now and what are you doing and what's some of the different things that you're doing as opposed to if you had the facilities available for you? So obviously I can't dive in a pool right now like in a, with diving boards. So I've been trying to stay active every day and you know it's tough. Even athletes feel demotivated sometimes and it's been a struggle to really be creative. So I've been running every morning taking breaks when my body gets too sore but typically run in the morning because I've found in quarantine if I just wake up late and then decide to work out later my workout is just not as good as it could be if I just do it first thing in the morning so I've been running in the mornings and then sometimes switch it up so I'll be around three to four miles every day but I'll do, sometimes I won't just run straight because I find that very boring. I'll chop it up with, I'll run a mile and then I'll do 20 squats, 10 burpees. Then I'll run another mile, do same thing, 20 squats, 10 burpees, just to break it up and also get some strength elements in there. So I've been trying to do that kind of stuff and also eating healthy. And I think that's the best that I can do right now. Yeah, because a sport like yours, I'm assuming you can't just go off a random diving board at somebody's house and do some of the things that, that you're trying to do. No, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> but I mean, one thing that you like people freak out, you know, we can't train, but I think we got to put things into perspective. Like I've been training for 14 years. It's not just this, you know, few months or even a year off isn't going to eliminate all the work that I've put in. You know, when I do get back into it, it's going to be difficult to just pick up where I left off. It's not going to be like that. I'm going to have to work at it. But it doesn't mean that the 14 years of practice of just, you know, I'm not starting from scratch anymore. Um, and I think people need to remember that because otherwise it'll just drive you insane. Yeah. And I think you're probably not the only one in your sport that's having to deal with not having a diving board to train on. You know, there's other people probably having to come up with the same routines as you are that aren't going to the gym or, you know, the pool and getting to dive. That's good that you're coming up with some new things. When you do get to go back, what's the first thing you're going to do? Like, are you going to just dive for hours off the diving board? I think I'm just going to flip around, just like, you know, jump around, feel the diving board underneath my feet. That's a, it's a strange thing to wrap my head around, like anyone that isn't a diver, but the feeling of the diving board on your toes is like something that I miss a lot. And just being able to flip around, like you don't walk around and flip around naturally. So that's something that I've been doing my whole life that now I haven't been doing, which is strange. So I guess, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy enjoy the feeling of diving again 
And with the postponement, what impact is it going to have on requalification? So the people that have already qualified will not have to requalify. The Olympic Committee announced that. So that is really good because it would be completely unfair if they would take them away. So yeah, right now I don't have to requalify, which is nice. I just have to get my head straight. I think everyone's kind of working with that because they've been training up until the, you know, the Olympics are meant to be soon. So they would be getting to a point where they'll be reaching a peak soon. So now they have to refocus and almost take a big step back and not be like that so that they can work back up because you can't maintain peak performance for another whole year it's just impossible so taking a break right now is actually beneficial and then ramping it up closer to the 2021 olympics is what most athletes will do so in 2016 when did you take that break after you were done how long was your break because you went back and had to die for lsu right Yeah, honestly, I really didn't have a break. I guess after the I finished competing at the Olympics, I had, you know, a few weeks, I guess, but it was pretty much back into it, which is not typical. Usually, you you know, you train your whole life, you get a break afterwards. And then if you continue, you go back into it. But I didn't have a break for a long time. I'd do the college season and then I'd have my international circuit with world champs in the summer so I wouldn't have summers off either so it was like that for at least two years and then I felt like I was getting really burnt out and demotivated I didn't like diving anymore I wasn't performing as well as I could so I took a big break I think it was in 2018 like in the summer of 2018 I went home and I just like I still stayed active but I didn't dive as much and I think that was really beneficial for me to take a step back because then when I came back I was in a much better headspace where I actually enjoyed my training and diving so that was really beneficial for me. Yeah. And you had talked about your mental health, about getting that better. You'd think that break helped because obviously you're mentally and physically just worn down if you're never getting a break. And that could make you, like you said, not really care about the sport anymore that you really love. So what what were some of the things that helped you with that? So I've been seeing the sports therapist at LSU for about three years. And that was a big instrument in my success at LSU. And now, you know, there's a lot of stigma around mental health and it just really needs to be eliminated because at the end of the day, it's a tool that will help athletic performance and you know life so I went to you know I go once a week or once every two weeks you know sometimes I'll skip sessions but at the end of the day years later I found a huge benefit to just going and trying to understand my own brain a little bit more understand where I perform the best and what kind of mindset I do that paired with yoga and then later on meditation those three things really helped me to just unlock a new door of potential. And you said boxing. Yeah, I like boxing because, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Wednesdays, I don't like Wednesdays for some reason. And it's just a good way to just like, one, be healthy and active, but two, just get those stresses out. Wait, so you're saying you hate Wednesdays the day, like people hate Mondays? So Wednesday is your Monday? Wednesday is my Monday. But why? (laughs) Well, I think that I feel the most motivated on Monday because I've had a break. I'm like ready to go. And then I think I sometimes maybe overdo it on a Monday and a Tuesday because I have that rest. And then Wednesdays, I'm like, oh, this is so hard. You know, the hump of the week. I really feel that. And then Thursday, Friday, better. I mean, that makes total sense. Like, you know, you're getting a break on the weekend and then you're back. It's sort of like a refresher. You said that the first time your family saw you dive was in 2016, right? In person for the first time in a while? They haven't 
They hadn't seen me since I was a little girl. They just didn't really come to competitions that much. I mean, they were very supportive of my career, but I just like don't like them watching me all the time. So they surprised me in 2016 by coming to Rio, which was a really nice surprise, you know, because it was my birthday as well. Um, so I was really happy for them to come to that. But, you know, that was just funny because they were like, wow, you've improved a lot. And I'm just like, of course I have. <laughs> Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, obviously. So they saw you there. And I was going to ask you, how far away is Tokyo from New Zealand? So it's kind of like misleading on the map because it seems like it's closer, but it's, it's actually very far. It's still around 16 hours, 14 hours, something around there. It's still a long, long flight. That's why I wasn't a geography major, because I was assuming that it was closer and that they would be be easier for them to come see you. Are they still going to come see you next year, Um, I don't know about my parents, but my brother really wants to come because he wasn't able to make it in 2016. So, because I only get two tickets per athlete. So I was thinking my boyfriend and my brother were going to come. So after this Olympics, you're done, right? Well, like... Yes. I mean, I'm definitely going to take a break. I was thinking the other day, like if they're going to have the next Olympics in 2024, like maybe I'll take a two year break while I'm in grad school, stay active all the time, of course, because I'm going to be coaching. So it's not like I'm not going to have any resources available, but definitely take a break and reassess my life just because, you know, at some point I have to get a job and I have to support myself. I can't be an athlete, especially a diver forever. It's not like being in the NFL or like where I'm set for life. It's just not like that at all. So that's, that's my biggest inhibitor for continuing because if I could get paid a good amount and keep diving, I would dive till 2028. But that's not realistic. I'll be poor if I do that. <laughs> so. Well, maybe we can start the GoFundMe for you to uh, just die forever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll start the Lizzie GoFundMe so you can just dive until you're 50 years old if you want to. That would be great. That'd yeah. be amazing. Will you have some teammates coming with you this time? So nobody's qualified yet. I'm the only one from New Zealand, but I am really hoping. Uh, my best friend name's Liam. He's from New Zealand as well. We grew up together. He actually went to Tennessee. He's NCAA champion and SEC champion as well. You know, extremely talented. He just missed out in 2016. So I'm hoping he'll join me in 2020, along with Anton, who I dove with at the World Series. So we, we have some people in contention. It's just whether they can, you know, pull it off at the qualifying. So Mm -hmm. now that it's now Tokyo 2021, do you see any positives in that for you? You're in school, you're about to graduate, you'll have a little bit more time to devote or you think that'll be easier for you? So, I mean, I enjoy taking the positives of every situation anyway. So, you know, when it first was, I wasn't really that happy with it because I was going to take a break um, and it doesn't really align with my plans. But, you know, having time right now to take a step back, I think is really beneficial for me because I was feeling a little bit demotivated and I don't know where that came from. Maybe it was the completion of my college career where it just had me feeling down and not competing with the team all the time. I don't know where it came from but that transition kind of took a lot from me and I was just demotivated but now having a break and having to like really like I have to take a step back and not dive has been beneficial because I find myself missing it I actually find like myself wanting to go back which is a good feeling and that is the biggest positive for me is being able to want to go back and that motivation hopefully will carry me into 2021.
Obviously, this is going to be totally different for everyone, but it is still going to be the Olympics. Do you think like having that experience in Rio is going to help you in 2021? Yeah, I mean, it's going to help, but at the end of the day, it's just going to be how it happens. I don't have any expectations. Of course, I'd love to dive well, but I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on myself. I'm going to take it like it's going to be my last Olympics. It's going to be my last time competing in the sport. So if I happen to mess up, I'm not going to beat myself up over it because that's just what happens sometimes. And life is so much more than if you do well in a sporting event. You know, I won't be upset about it because I've had so many good memories that's come out of the sport and just making it to the Olympics, you know, is really enough for me. I mean, I have big goals, but I'm not going to let them upset me. It's a waste of time. Well, I know you've made everybody in New Zealand proud, especially in 16, being the first diver since 92 to represent your country. I know you've made people at LSU proud. And I know when I met you last fall, the first day we were in Professor Drew's class, and then I've gotten to know you and I watched you on the live stream qualify in December. And that was awesome. So uh, you've made me proud. I'm proud to call you a friend now. You're going to do great next year. It's going to be fun to watch. And like I said, we're going to get the GoFundMe going. So you can just do this (laughs) until you're 50. So don't worry. You're going to do great. I'm excited to watch you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me and stay safe. And we will see you in 2021. Thank you. You too. If you want to hear more episodes of the Hodges Huddle, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time.